tuning in to the YouthCast by the GMBA Youth Ministry. Very excited for our conversation uh, today with Allie and Elena. Um, our focus is going to be to do a little bit of a youth uh, mini camp recap that we had a couple weeks ago in Ohio. And, uh, and I'm excited because we have both Hallie as a participant in her pr- perspective and Elena as a, as a mentor, a chaperone in her perspective. But the goal is also just to get to know them a little bit, hear a little bit of their story and uh, enjoy the time together. So thank you guys, first off, for taking the time out of your day, the busy uh, days we have, even though we might be you know, quarantined or, or whatever that feels like for us. Um, so let's just get started with a little bit of an introduction about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing right now? Uh, Any fun facts you'd like to share? Um, Go ahead and uh, get us started, Elena. So I'm Sister Elena Ritchie. I'm from the McKees Rocks branch um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I live in Pittsburgh. It's the greatest city in the world. Um, I currently work in Pennsylvania public policy and politics. So I travel all around the state advocating for different things. Um, with lawmakers and et cetera. But I live in Pittsburgh and am based out of the greatest city in the world. Um, A fun fact about me, I am trilingual. So I speak both Spanish and Portuguese fluently, as well as English, obviously. Very good, very good. I did not know that. Yes. (laughs) Well, and and I'm sure you're stirring up all kinds of controversy, the best city in the world, considering (laughs) that. We could have listeners from anywhere from San Diego to, you know, New York. Well, then everyone is learning something today, which is exciting <laughs> for me. <laughs> Hallie, go ahead. Um, I'm Sister Hallie Ivy from the Mesa branch. I was born and raised in Mesa, Arizona. Not the best state of the world, but I'll, I'll take a close second to Pittsburgh. Um, I'll allow it. I re- <laughs> Just this time. But... Um, I, I really like to cook. That's my fun fact. And I just finished aesthetic school. And then I actually just found out yesterday that I got my license. So now I'm going to be looking for a job. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. When you say aesthetic school, what is that for someone who doesn't know? Like <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no one knows what it is when I say it. But it's like um, skincare on the more cosmetic side. So it's like uh, um, I'm similar to a dermatologist, but not in the medical aspect. So I can't diagnose symptoms or anything. I'm more just treating. Okay. All right. Well, very cool. Well, we wish you all the best in your job search and praying for you. Yeah, Yeah, I really appreciate the prayers. That's great. That's great. All right. So um, part of the youth cast is just also to have some fun. So. I'm going to put you guys on a spot a little bit. I think you'll do just fine. Um, We're going to play a little word game. It's called like a word association. So here's the idea. I'm going to give us each a few seconds to think of three words. All right. No restrictions. (laughs) Keep it it PG for our listeners. Three words. Um, Then we're going to each share a word. And when I say a word, you'll have to share the first word that pops in your head as a response to that. So for example... If I would say soccer, maybe Elena would say David Beckham, you know, maybe Hallie would say kick, you know, so it can be something simple like that. So take 10, 15 seconds. Think of three words. All right. Do you guys want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. All right. I'll go with my, my first one on the list. Legos. Jared. Painful. (laughs) 
So Hallie, go go ahead. What did you say? I said Jared, my cousin Jared. He re- really likes Legos. So all right, very cool, very cool. And Elena, I think I heard painful. Yes, stepping on a Lego is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and I think you hit the relatable. I think we've all had that experience at some point in our right? life. Right, it's the worst. <laughs> they make those little plastic things so strong and so, mm-hmm. you know, precise. The edges are like. <laughs> all right, so uh, Hallie, go ahead. You uh, you were a little bit first on the. Uh, on the response, so go ahead. Uh, book. Ooh. Library, and darn it, book was one of my words. <laughs> hey, great oh, mind. Think alike, there we go. <laughs> I was thinking I would be getting two different perspectives and you guys have already on the same page, so united. Um, you said library. I, w- I was gonna say the book that I, I'm reading right now is called Holy Roar. It's by Chris Tomlin, it's all about praise. So very, very spiritual of me. <laughs> No, right? I should have said Bible. I missed my chance. <laughs> all right, Elena, you're up. Oh, man, now I'm panicked. She took all my words. Um, government. Ooh. Oh, man. Feisty. Can you tell I work in politics? <laughs> what, did, what did you say, Allie? Feisty. Feisty. Hmm, I like that. I, I, the first thing that popped in my head was White House. So I guess I'm a very visual, tangible person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, why do you say feisty? I feel like that's a very, like, I feel like it's hard for people to talk about the government without it getting a little feisty, so. Yes. Fair. And that's exactly where Elena lives, right? In that world. <laughs> Love it. Very good. All right. My, uh, my next one, quarantine. Ooh. Reading. Reading? Mm-hmm. Sleep. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Reading. It goes back to the books as well, right? Oh, all right. I don't I don't want to brag, but I panic bought like 40 books for quarantine. <laughs> I as people were like panic buying toilet paper and ice cream, I bought books. So. All right. All right. <laughs> that is so smart. Yeah, I like wearing out books. So not smart. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to steal your thunder. I, I'm going to, part of, as we go on, I'm going to ask you what you're reading and, and resources later. So I'm going to table that <laughs> for later on because 40 books, we can't get your whole reading list, but we will. Well, I mean, <laughs> new podcast idea, books with Elena. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. So who's, who's up next? I think it's Hallie. Go ahead, Hallie. Okay. Uh, water. First thing that popped in my head was, was smart water. I love that stuff. Wow, you are so visual. You're like very specific. Yes. I'm thinking of like major concepts. Drinking, life-sustaining water. <laughs> yeah, like water in my mind goes right to the bottle with the little nozzle. And I don't know, for some reason that water tastes so much better. Do you like their bottles better? <laughs> yeah. Great marketing. It's probably just tap water, but great marketing. It's more appealing to the eyes than regular water bottles yes yes which makes sense coming from the aesthetics person <laughs> elena what did you say to water drinking as i'm drinking, drinking water <laughs> all right um last wait elena's turn i need to do better yes, i think so no you're good better um accent french hmm I thought of Spanish. I'm in South Florida. You know, it's probably just, I don't know, around me all the time. 
Very cool. All right, last one for me. When you hear church, what do you think of? Laughter. Oh, that is so good. I was going <laughs> to say Bible. <laughs> Very cool. You know, it was so funny. So last night we had our first Zoom MBA meeting as a branch and the room opened up like 30 minutes before the meeting. And I think everyone just sat there and laughed for like 30 minutes. And it was just the greatest thing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. We had our first Zoom as well. And we, we went in and it was like seven o'clock on the dot. And it was just like crickets. I was like, does everyone know how to use Zoom? <laughs> and, and, you know, people are getting used to new things. So, all right. Last, last one from you. Hockey. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. I I was going to say the same as I think Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Should I say Stanley Cup champions too? Like, should I keep going? <laughs> just rub it in. You've, you've just opened the door for all the Pittsburgh, you know, status to come out. I know. Where's my McKee's Rocks people? They're loving this right now. <laughs> Why, why did you, that's, I'm interested in that. How, how, why did you say hockey? Hockey is my favorite sport to watch. Really? Mm-hmm. What do you like, what do you like so much about it? Um, I feel like it's like not boring at all. And it's like, you have to pay attention. Otherwise you like kind of get lost in what's going on. So I like that you have to pay attention to detail. I'm a very detailed person. Very cool. And it's a sport. You have to know the rules a good bit to like really get it. And the more you watch, the more you get it, the better it is to watch. Yeah. So I grew up an hour and a half away from Pittsburgh. So I was a big Penguins fan back in like the Mario Lemieux, Yamir Yager era. I don't even know if those names even are relevant anymore. As all good people are. Yes. Continue. (laughs) And you said that and my eyes lit up because I'm like, oh my gosh, we're sitting here in quarantine and I'm just going for a jog and a walk. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, my quarantine buy was I bought a pair of hockey rollerblades. I'm like, I'm just going to go skating because I did that all the time when I was a kid. So crazy when I get to share that with everyone. All right. That's great. Go to Elena. I was thinking museum. All right. I thought of Smithsonian. All right. It's fair. It's a good one. Pretty, pretty, pretty big one. I was thinking natural history. I like it. I like it. We all went big on that one. It wasn't like our local town museum. <laughs> Does anyone go to their local town museum? I don't think I've ever been to one where I live. I love it. <laughs> well, you also live in Pittsburgh, the best city in That's the world. Fair. It's the best museum then, right? So you know. There you go. That is going to be our underlying, our underlying podcast joke is going to be anything that relates back to Pittsburgh being the greatest city. So <laughs> just prepare yourself for that, Elena. You know, on, so on my organization's website, we all have bios. And I wrote in my bio that I live in Pittsburgh, the greatest city in the world. And everyone at work makes fun of me. So that's awesome. You know, figured keep it going, right? <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks for uh, playing. It's fun. It's, you know, it's enjoyable to just get in each other's heads and, uh, and also, you know, get to know each other a little bit differently. Um, so I, uh, you know, just in preparation, I sent you guys some questions that were in my mind. So we'll, we'll dive in. Um, maybe you've had time to think of it. Maybe not. Maybe you're just, you know, sharing right off the cuff. Either way, it's, it's great. Um, think about, share about something that you are passionate about. So I will preface this by saying that I am either like zero or 100 on everything. So anything that I like, I'm automatically passionate about. Um, 
So I was thinking, and I realized I came up with like a long list, most of them surrounded by books in Pittsburgh. But <laughs> um, I also started thinking bigger. And, you know, I realized that I'm very passionate about just, you know, the country we live in and the freedom we have and things like that. And that's my work where I do. Um, but, you know, I feel like all of that freedom in America and, you know, pride comes through in the freedoms that I enjoy every day, which I'm very passionate about reading and writing and, you know, getting to walk down the street in a safe place. Um, and I think the source of that passion really comes from the fact that, you know, my family has an immigrant story and being able to understand that and see it firsthand has really had an impact on me. Um, and understanding, you know, the gifts that I've been given, not just here in America, but here in Pittsburgh. And that's why I love it so much. <laughs> She's, amazing. She's relentless, isn't she? <laughs> no, it's very cool. And I, I think it was, you know, it's one of those things that until you're exposed to something else, you don't really maybe fully comprehend, you know, so to, to identify the source of that passion, it's like, well, I've, maybe you've seen or you felt or you've been in a different environment where it's not that way. And it makes you appreciate it a bit more. So, yeah, very cool. Holly, what are you, what are you uh, very passionate about? Um, so I'm a little bit different and I'm all or nothing also, but it's like very hard for me to find something that I'm passionate about. So I don't have like a really long list. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I think I've been consistently passionate about, um, especially like this year, is um, I'm very passionate about my relationships with people and like my friendships. Like I find them like the most important thing in life. So, and I just love getting to know people on a deeper level than just like, oh, hey, how are you? Like, oh, I know them, but I don't know them. Like, I like to know people. And so that's what I would say I'm passionate about. Very cool, very cool. Can you identify where that comes from, the, the source of that passion? I mean, I could give like a really deep answer if you want that. It's very vulnerable, we, but. We go deep on the podcast. So okay. <laughs> as long as you're comfortable sharing, we want to hear about it. Okay, so I think like, Growing up, my I kind of was like the odd one out in my siblings. I had two older sisters who were like in their teens when I was like just turning 10. And then like my brothers always hung out. So I always kind of felt like the odd one out. And so I feel like I just am, I really care about making sure nobody else feels like the odd one out. Um, I think that would be it. But knowing people on a deeper level, I took a communications class when I went to college for like one semester. But that was like the one thing that I was like, wow, this is actually really cool. And I actually would like want to use this in my everyday life. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks for sharing. And I think that's what's so unique about the podcast genre is that we're able to sort of share stories and, and get a little deeper and, and someone somewhere will relate to that. Um, I won't get into all of it, but part of my passion and, you know, deciding to, to reach out and host the podcast and, and doing work with the youth and, and youth ministry is that, you know, my passion has come from my experiences as a young person, you know, going through things good and bad and figuring it out and asking those hard questions and engaging in deep thinking. So, you know, it's, I can definitely relate to what you're saying on some level, um, but that's very cool. Both very different passions, but great to hear about it. So, um, Thanks for sharing about yourself. Thanks for playing along with the game we had. Um, so part of the, the theme of this was our GMBA Youth Mini Camp Recap. And so let's get into that a little bit. Um, as far as the, the camp itself, 
um, just so our listeners have some idea um, if they weren't aware of it or maybe they didn't attend. Um, we had 60 young people and 15 mentors from across the country of the church um, meet in Orville, Ohio at a rustic campsite. And uh, we had all kinds of games, activities, events, um, you know, different seminars and workshops and just uh, a lot of also fun time to connect and, and relate. And um, I just want to hear each of your sort of opinion. Elena was more on the mentor chaperone side. Hallie as a participant that traveled the furthest from Arizona to Ohio. Um, just start off, what was your sort of opinion and your reflection about the, the mini camp? I want to highlight something you said before we answer that question and that you said it was rustic. And I just want to accentuate the fact that it was rustic. <laughs> but anyways. We're not in hotels. We're not in, uh, you know. We're not in hotels. <laughs> um, no, I... You know, I came, it, for me, it was only a two-hour drive. So, Hallie, I appreciate someone who made the dedication to, to get there. I mean, for me, it was easy. I jumped in a car, and I didn't even have to drive. So, <laughs> you know, for me, it was a no-brainer kind of thing. Um, but, no, I thought the youth camp was a really neat experience. It was not what I expected. Um, it was not what I was prepared for, and it made it a lot better. I walked away from that weekend not only growing closer with the young people in my own branch, but people like you, Hallie, that I've never met before. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought its purpose, which was to, you know, connect young people and build a stronger network across the church, I think it accomplished its mission. Yeah, very cool. What was your sort of reflection, your opinion of the, the camp, Hallie? And, and maybe even before I hear from that, uh, Elena mentioned it, what motivates you to get on a plane and fly across the country for an event like this? Um. I always like, well, a majority of my friends are back East, so it's always fun to go and visit people that I don't get to see all the time. Um, but I always just try to make an effort like to go to events like that, just because the West Coast doesn't have a lot of representation. And also because I just like feel like my best self. Like I just feel like I'm the most me when I'm around people from the church. And so just as much as I can be around people from the church, like that's where I want to be. Wow. I did not, ex I, I'm very happy to hear that response. I did not accept, expect that, talking about expectation. And so many young people, I think maybe they need to think about that. Like when you surround yourself with people, they influence you. And to say that I feel like my best self, like around the people of the church, that's very powerful, very personal comment. So thanks. Well, I think we, I think we underestimate how, powerful being part of the family of God is, right? Like, I mean, I have, right, like I can go and pick out from my phone a friend that I can go text and if we weren't in quarantine, we could go hang out tomorrow and it'd be great and I would enjoy it. Yeah. But hanging out with, you know, a friend from my branch or whatever is different because we have a deeper connection and I'm going to see them on Sunday and that's a big deal. You know, I think we underestimate that value of being able to talk about church and not like in the gossipy way, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, did you, you know, whatever. But in the way that, you know, we're talking about what we believe in and what happened and, you know, where we are spiritually, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and I think we undervalue it sometimes. I know I do. So. <laughs> very, very cool. Very cool comment. So Elena, I'm going to keep you, keep you talking for a minute. You said something along the lines of it was different than you expected. And I think sometimes that is a hurdle for young people to get to an event for the first time or to get to an event if they haven't been in a long time. 
maybe you don't have to share everything, but what were some of the things you expected? What were some of the things that were different? Yeah, so I expected, so just for reference, I haven't been to a GMBA youth, uh, GMBA like big camp out in a while. Um, I spent my summers during my undergrad and in my master's really maximized my internships and travel experience. Um, <laughs> so for me, I was expecting it to be very camp out like, very structured, um, you know, very like clear lines of recreation and seminars and a spiritual meeting and a chapel. And I, I really expected it to be more like that. Um, and it wasn't, which was a nice break. You know, we got to enjoy each other's company without the structure and without the pressure of, oh my gosh, when's the next seminar? And oh my gosh, you know, what are we wearing to the meeting tonight? And I need to, you know, where am I going to sit for dinner? It was very relaxed. And I appreciated that because it really gave us the chance to get to know each other on a level of comfort and one where we were all in jeans and kind of gross and it worked, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't this, there's all these other pressures of life that I think come with camp out or other church events. It was very much, this is what's here and we're going to use it and enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Yeah. No, very cool. And I'll, I'll just get real with you for a second. Like I remember being, being like, I don't know, like 14 to like 20 and spending more time thinking about like, what am I going to wear in the meeting than like actually like praying or reading about like going into the meeting. And I think maybe that just, that it was just a different experience. You don't have that sort of natural, you know, concern. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, interesting. Uh, Hallie, tell us, uh, what are some of your highlights from the weekend? Any, anything, you know, deep spiritual, not spiritual, anything like what, what did you enjoy? So I'll just start by saying the going into, um, the mini camp, I was very like anxious and stressed. I had, um, I just had lost my grandpa like on the Wednesday before and I was going to be taking my licensing test the next week, but it was the day before my licensing test was the day before my grandpa's funeral and his funeral would be in Texas and I live in Arizona. So I wouldn't have the opportunity to go to his funeral. And on top of that, my family would be there. So I'd be alone all week during this test. I'm like, this is like the most important test of my life. Like I just like was really anxious about it. And so I was going into camp, like trying just like looking for relief from that and just be distracted. And um, Saturday night, the meeting I felt like was like for me, like I was sobbing the entire meeting. I just remember feeling so blessed and just feeling like everything that I was worried about was like answered, like, like in such a way that I was like, there's no way this is not like God, like directly talking to me. Um, and so that was a huge blessing to me. Um, another highlight would be karaoke. <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to come up in this conversation. <laughs> you can't not bring up the karaoke. It was um, like a spontaneous, uh, I don't know, just. So spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. And then I just started randomly singing and then we just got everybody in and it was so fun. She like has the power to get literally anybody to sing. Like whether it be tall he didn't even know like any of the songs. He's like, I don't really speak English that well, but she got him up there and he was singing and it was so good. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. And I think there's, um, I'm pointing out some really interesting things when I hear them. I think, I think it's so unique to, to be in that place and stay, you know, I, I lost my grandfather. I had this huge test coming up. It was so easy for you to just say, you know what? I'm going to cancel. I'm going to bail. I'm going to ask my money back. I, you know, work it out with the airlines. I just need to not go. 
you know, and, and I think everyone sort of feels that at different times of life. So to share that and hear that, and then you go and you're blessed and you enjoy it and you have that break and then you, all that stuff is still there when you get back, but you're able to approach it with a different outlook perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I even, I got prayed for Saturday night. I had some of the brothers annoy me and leaving camp. I didn't have a worry. I wasn't like stressed at all even up to the day I took my test like I literally was I was like this is like unnatural for me to be this chill about it but I was like it was like definitely a a very important weekend for me and I know that if I had canceled like I would have been worse for wear than if I had just gone yeah very cool that's I mean thank god that's uh you know hearing a prayer answered that carried with you and it just just very beautiful very very great great story here um Elena, what were some of your, you were on the other side, sort of the mentor chaperone, what were some of your highlights? You know, I think seeing the youth like Hallie get really into it and really have a good time was a highlight for me. Yeah. Um, besides absolutely dominating and crushing Brother Tom and apples to apples, <laughs> I, I did, you know, I really had a good time just getting to know people. And in that casual way, it, it was really, it was really fun and nice and comfortable and it was such a nice, refreshing break from, I think, normal life for everyone there, even mm. if it was rustic. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I came back to work and I was like, okay, all right. Like that was, I had a good weekend, you know, <laughs> no stress. Um, but I think one of the highlights for me was that the young people were nice to each other. Mm. They were compassionate with each other. And that was something that was just so cool to see. Yeah. You know, I think that we... Um, I think sometimes we get distracted of, you know, the whole friend idea and who's my friend and where am I going to sit and everything. And, you know, from my end, there was never a table that anyone couldn't sit at, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, and as someone coming in who, you know, didn't know everyone there, I felt like I, as a mentor, could sit at any table and talk to anyone and they would talk to me back. Um, so no, I just, I really appreciated the compassion that everyone had for each other. It was, it was really cool to see in action. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I, I shared that as one of, I share that feeling as one of my highlights, just the overall attitude, the approach, everyone just very down to earth. Maybe it is that rustic experience, you know, it's like, I don't have any pride or ego cause I wake up and I, you know, I smell like, you yeah. know, it's how it is. Um, I, for me, one of the highlights was seeing the response, like, first time we did it it was sort of a brainchild that came out of nowhere we're like are we going to get 20 people are we, we going to 30 okay we got 40 registered and then we show up and people are like walking in and we get end up with 60 young people and i'm like we have to buy another cabin from them like on the spot and rent rent another cabin from them and it's just like all right we're just making it work and and lesson and sort of flexibility and you know just and you know just enjoying ourselves so very very cool um you know, we talk, there's sort of some threads here that I'm going to pull out. And I sent this to you thinking about like getting out of your comfort zone, going to events, going to a job, doing a test. There's all these moments in life that we have to get out of our comfort zone. So how do you do that? How do you deal with getting out of your comfort zone? You know, how, whether it's meeting someone you don't know, trying to get someone to know you better, stuff like that. You know, I'm going to answer this question with a quick testimony. Um, I, so in my undergrad, I went to the University of Pittsburgh here in Pittsburgh. Um, and I went to a small Christian school beforehand. So coming into a giant university was really shocking for me. 
Um, and I was terrified that I would never make friends, that I would be like this, you know, weird kid who hung around. And that wasn't the case. Um, and after that, every experience that I've ever had, whether it's living in Chile, living in Brazil, going to get my master's, working in DC, getting a, a full-time job now and having coworkers, I have been blessed time and time again with people that I relate to and that I enjoy being around. Um, and I'm saying this because I think it shows that, first of all, when you step out of your comfort zone, God steps with you, right? Like there, it's not like you're stepping out alone. And second of all, that he watches those who love him and he protects those who love him and those who are dedicated to him. And I think that's really important. And I think we forget that a lot of times, you know, we panic and I do this too. You know, I panic and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't walk into this legislator's office. This is crazy. And then I do, and it works out, yeah. <laughs> you know, or I go and live abroad with people I don't know. And I walk away with lifelong friends. Um, and I mean, I could, I could tell you so many people that I've met that are my friends that I text today because God has put them in my life. When I went to a situation where I was terrified, I would be alone. Um, and I think stepping out of your comfort zone, you know, means that you're stepping out with faith that God's with you and that you are yourself. I, I very much believe that stepping out of your comfort zone comes from a place where you're confident in yourself and you know, you're yourself no matter what. And I think comfort zone is a two-part battle. There's part of the battle is getting there. And then the second part is participating in it. And I think at the youth camp, what we saw was the youth got there and they participated in it, which is a rare occurrence, I think, a lot of times. Um, and I think that only happens when you have, you know, people that God loves and that he wants to protect and that he wants to bless. And I think we saw that there. Very cool. Thanks for sharing. Ali, is there anything that you would like to, to share or add with just how you get out of your comfort zone? Um, one thing that while I was going through school, I always just like had as like a little quote that really helped me was get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because if you think about it, there's so many situations in life where you're gonna be so uncomfortable. And so um, just embracing that, that uncomfortableness and just trying to make the best of it. And like Elena said, just um, trusting that God's got you and that you don't have to worry about it and just letting it go because stress is only gonna wear you down. So we can't harbor that. I'll tell you, you guys are, you guys are dropping wisdom right now. Like just <laughs> mic drop, mic drop. I'm like, wow. And, you know, it's, it's cool. Cause hearing both of your responses, it's like, sometimes we expect like, Oh, there's step one and step two. And now I can get out of my comfort zone. I can meet people and talk to people. And it, it's funny. Cause my wife told me a quote the other day, she does some workout videos and she's like, Oh, my instructor told me, you know, people ask me all the time, how do I run faster? And she's like, I wake up, I get my sneakers on and I just run faster, you know? And it's like, sometimes you just have to do it. Sometimes you just have to, okay, I have this opportunity. I do it. Well, uh, I'd like to do a podcast. I've never done a podcast before. You do it, you figure it out, you look it up, you, you know, you dive in. So uh, very cool. Thanks. Thanks for your responses. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about that weekend, what would be an unexpected connection relationship that you made or that you furthered uh, based on that? mini camp you know i think this is a cop-out answer but i'm gonna say everyone um <laughs> because like i said earlier i got to spend a lot of time with the kids from my branch which i loved um i think they're hilarious and you know we had a great time but then i also got to 
spend time with kids from other places and it was really valuable. Um, I think a lot of times, and I'm super guilty of this, that, you know, I look at the church as my branch or the people around me when I have an entire network of people that love me and want me to succeed. And that was part of my realization, both like spending time with the mentors as well and the youth that, you know, we're all in this together to quote high school musical, but, (laughs) but, you know, we're all in this together and, and there's genuine compassion and care there. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was everyone. I, I don't know what I expected. I guess I had no expectation. But, um, but I was very blessed to be able to spend time and get to know everyone. I, I really enjoyed it. Very cool. Very cool. Allie? Yeah. Um, I would say some of the younger, um, like earlier teens, I, I haven't really interacted with much. Um, there was like during Saturday, we were all hanging out and we just made this like giant circle we were trying to play volleyball and it was not going good, but everyone was just having fun. And um, I think like in really casual situations and things like that, it's like super fun to have like um, conversation in the sense of like just being really casual and joking around. And that opens up the door to have um, like a friendship in a way that normally like I wouldn't approach this person. Well, not that I wouldn't approach anybody because I approach everybody. But like normally this is somebody that, I wouldn't talk to you just because we wouldn't really be around each other. Um, Like we don't really have the same like friend group, but like everybody's friends. And I think like at that camp, really like all the barriers came down. Like you would think that it would be clicky because sometimes like at GMBA camp, like it can get a little clicky just because there's so many people and it's so hard to just hang out with everybody. But like, because there were like only 60 people, like it was so easy for everyone to hang out like the whole entire weekend. There was no like groups or, or barriers or, or just like, and like you couldn't talk to somebody like Elena said. And that was one thing I was really praying about because I just like don't like the clickiness. Like you have to like choose who you want to hang out with. So it was like really nice to just like be able to hang out with everybody, especially people that I hadn't really um, talked to before. Yeah appreciate that honesty that is very honest and i appreciate that that like you're willing to admit that you know even in the church there are there's drama right but the youth camp there was it didn't come out it was so refreshing nothing it was so nice Yeah. yeah no and that's what this is all about like the real conversations i think whether whether it's you know perceived or whether it's real and many times it's real you know it's a valid feeling that like we we stay with we i know my people from my branch we go to an event together we stay together we eat together and it's like well you don't really get out of your comfort zone and so i think it is something you know we're talking about it now but whatever the event is even at a branch event you know we still sort of just have our go-to people so whether it's a local whether it's a regional event whether it's a national event yeah making that intentional effort to get out of our comfort zone sit with someone talk with someone you're blessed when you do that. So very cool to bring that out. Very honest. And, and that's what this is all about. Really appreciate it. Um, so we're going to go towards wrapping up. And I say that in the sense of like, sometimes these wrap ups can go like 20 more minutes. It's <laughs> fine by me if it's fine by you. Um, in our wrap up, we don't go lighter. We go deeper. So here we go. Here we um, go. <laughs> here we go. So um, maybe you've thought about this, maybe not, but I always love to hear responses. I mean, just people process things differently think about things differently so why are we here why are we here on earth and i'll i'll let you guys 
sort of fight over who gets to answer first. Hallie, I will defer to you for this one. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, you can go again. Um, I'll say our purpose is to serve God is like the basis. Um, I think that's a pretty generic answer. So I'll also say our job is to make every like other people's lives easier also in that sense of, of like helping people um, grow closer to God and just um, kind of keeping each other accountable and just doing whatever we can to um, to kind of be a support for each other and and just to grow closer to God by doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think the easy answer is, you know, we're here to praise God and be redeemed and live forever with him. But then I think we have a secondary purpose of make sure other people are also redeemed and also feel salvation and, you know, get to experience what we have. Um, I feel like it's also an easy answer, but also really like there's so many layers to it, but there's not. <laughs> so Holly, I appreciate the, the simple answer, but you're right. Because <laughs> sometimes we overcomplicate things. I mean, I remember being a teenager and being like, what's this all really for? Like, what's, the, what's really the whole point of it, you know? And so sometimes the, the simple, clear truth helps us get grounded and get perspective. So, you know, I remember being a young person, maybe you feel this way, maybe not. Maybe we're in the middle of it maybe it's not just for young people, but for anyone is, you know, just people want to find their place, want to find their purpose. How do you do that? What is the process? How do we find our place or our purpose in, in church, in life, etc.? I'm going to answer this question with another quick testimony, because I think it shows that I didn't find anything. God pushed me into it. Um, I, so I went to school to be a doctor. I thought eight years ago that I would have an MD and be saving people's lives with coronavirus. Um, not that I predicted coronavirus, but I thought I would be in the hospital right now. Um, I graduated with my undergrad in Spanish and Portuguese. I had no desire to go to medical school. I had no idea what I was going to do. Lived abroad, traveled everywhere. I went to my master's for international affairs. Still had no idea. thought I wanted to be some sort of government um, intelligence agent of some sort, whatever. And I left school and now I'm here in a job that I love that has supported me with people who care about me. Um, and none of, you know, I, during my, my time in my grad school, I had five internships and none of that was because of me. It was because of God's hand. Um, he pushed me and opened every single door for me. You know, and I'll never forget when I graduated, I was like, I'm never going to get a job. Nothing's ever going to happen. And all of a sudden I had six job offers and I had been praying for God to open a door and oh my gosh, he opened, you know, every door and window he could find kind of thing. Um, but I'm saying that because I think finding our purpose isn't really something that we can always predict. You know, I don't think that we can say by 25, I'm going to know my purpose. Because I don't think I still, you know, I don't know if I really do in a non-spiritual sense. Um, but I know that God knows what my purpose is like. <laughs> you know, I know that whatever I need next, God's going to open the door. Um, I wasn't supposed to be living in Pittsburgh and going to a church. So, uh, you know, I think God has put me here for a reason. And I think that he, you know, he opens things. And I don't know what my purpose is here. I don't know why he put me in Pittsburgh. But I know that he did. And I know that. You know, maybe my purpose last night, maybe my purpose for, you know, being in the branch was to get on the Zoom meeting last night and, you know, get to see what I have no idea. But um, I think there's an innate faith in that. And I don't think that 
we should ever say, well, this was my purpose, so then I'm good, you yeah. know, and then close our eyes to everything else. Because I think, I think God works in very mysterious ways. <laughs> the purpose now may change next week. You might have Correct. a purpose. Correct. Before I go to, to Hallie, Elena, you said something that, that I, I want to do consistently on this show is uh, when people say a phrase, and, I, and we all do it, I do it, you said, God pushed me. You know, you'll hear things in, in our church world, in the spiritual world of just, you know, sort of this, well, God pushed you? Like, what does that mean? Like, did, did, did like he literally like spiritually hand down and like push you in? The, like, so when you say something like that, I'm like, all right, tell us more. Give, maybe, maybe it's another short example. Like when you say God pushed me, what does that mean? You know, I, that's a good question. I am a very emotional person. Um, in terms of like, I think with my emotions first instead of my mind. Um, and I listen to my gut very often. So if I don't feel good about it, I know. Um, and I will never forget. I will never, ever, ever forget. I had found this dream job. I thought it was perfect. It was international healthcare. I was going to be an international lobbyist. Um, my absolute dream was going to travel the world. And it was in Philadelphia. I went to an interview and I was so ready. I mean, I bought a whole new outfit for it. Like the whole thing was ready. I go in there, the interview went great. I thought I did really well and I left and I went and threw up because there was something wrong. I felt sick to my stomach. My, I, I like felt like I was gonna cry. I was terrified and it wasn't a good terrified. It was a, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Um, and sometimes when God pushes you, it's very obvious. Sometimes it's the, he's, I'm going to throw up after this interview, even though I crushed it. And sometimes it's just a simple change of, you know, I don't think this is right for me anymore. Um, and, or I love this more now. And that's how it was when I, you know, changed my life path for medicine. I realized that, you know, I think I can be more effective here. Um, but yeah, I, I think, God pushes you in any manner of things. I think for me, sometimes I'm a little hard-headed, so it's a harder push, um, <laughs> you know, because I was ready to move to Philadelphia that day. Um, so I think, I think the pushing is, is dependent on the person, but I think you know it when you feel it. And I, I think, you know, I mean, I can go through my branch and tell you every single person in there has felt God's push. <laughs> Very, very cool response. I, and I love that, that line you just gave that the, the push is dependent on every person because the way that God speaks to you, like you, you identify like emotional, like feeling gut, like that, the spirit in that way, you know, speaks to me differently, speaks to my wife differently. Like I can tell you, my wife, God speaks to music. She'll hear something. It'll, it'll resonate. She'll think, and then all of a sudden it'll give that push. It'll give that direction. Oh, I was looking for that. So great great insights so Ali you've been patient you you share with us uh, sort of how you feel you find your unique purpose or place in life in church um so this is something I'm still trying to figure out kind of like Elaine said um it's actually something I've been like praying about a lot recently uh, and I don't know what my purpose is, but I know I feel the most um, like purposeful when uh, I like help out whenever I can, like um, just like trying to be involved around the branch and everything. Like it feels the most fulfilling to me to do that. And so I like, I don't know what my purpose is, but I 
really like to help out. And so I think like just doing whatever I can to, to feel like I'm helping would be my purpose, but it's not a constant thing or, or something that's going to stay the same like we. I think that's so cool because you're flexible. Like, I think a lot of times we think of a purpose and we think it's this very rigid idea. Like, mm-hmm. I am meant to do this and then we don't do anything else. But I think your willingness to look outside of whatever is really admirable because I get very tunnel vision very quickly. So I could appreciate someone who's like, well, I feel like I should, you know, become the branch financial whatever. But also, I think I can add value here, so I'm going to. Like, I, I appreciate that. I think that's... I think that's really admirable, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed, enjoyed your response too. It's funny. I'm like, I promise our listeners that I could, I didn't plant these responses. Like one of the things that I think about with purpose is, and, and, and it's just experiences in my life. Like when I didn't know what to do, I was like, well, I like soccer as a game. So I'll go coach a youth team. And when you serve and when you, when you have a mindset of like, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to do something. I'm going to serve someone. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to, and when you start doing stuff, you find out, do it. Oh, I didn't like that. I'll try something else. I like that a lot. I'm going to, you know, get more involved. So that's great responses. Um, So any um, quotes, sayings that you're, that you can think of to share that you're really into right now? So I am a huge, 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 huge Greek mythology and Greek history nerd. I love it. (laughs) I've read every single classic. I've read the Iliad like eight times. I love it. Um, In fact, my Twitter bio is that I'm pro Hector, not Achilles. But anyways, it's neither here nor there. Um, In another life, I would have been a classicist. (laughs) Um, But no, my absolute, one of my absolute favorite quotes of all time is in the histories by Herodotus, um, where he goes through Greek mythology and everything. And there's a line in there and he says, the opportunity is now yours. Um, And I love it. I love the open-endedness of it. It was something that had motivated me through grad school, especially um, because I fully believe that God has blessed every, you know, God is blessed. And I'm going to use me as an example, but God has blessed me very much, um, both spiritually and naturally. And I think he's put a lot of opportunities in my life and, there have been times when I was younger where I was like, well, I wish I would have taken that opportunity. And I don't believe in not taking an opportunity now. Um, you know, I, I worked really hard in grad school because I thought every opportunity was one that God wanted me to take. Um, and I think this quote kind of emulates that is it's your turn to take it, do it. You know, no one else is going to push you into it. No one else is going to tell you to do it. It's up to you. Do what you want with it. Um, so that's, that's mine. <laughs> That's really good because I think like a lot of times like I'm kind of like I'll be like okay God if you want me to do this like give me a sign or or give me a verse or something like push me like direct me into this and See, like I'm, I'm if the total I don't opposite. hear something I'll get like, <laughs> I'm the total opposite I'm like I'm gonna do this and God if you don't want me to do it let me know <laughs> great just opposite yeah opposite approaches. Yeah, no, I really appreciated your point of view on that. Um, one thing, one like saying I've been really liking lately is actually from the book that I'm reading that we'll talk about later. But um, this saying is like living loved. And so like, I know that like, probably not just me, but like, just growing through like, being a teenager. And even now, like, 
I just like always really struggled with like my worth and like finding where my worth came from. And like, I would always put it in like my friends and like, if people like didn't reciprocate feelings the way I did. Cause I feel like I'm like, I love people on such a deep level. And like, if it's not reciprocated, like I would get really insecure and be like, Oh my gosh, they hate me. Like they just don't care about me as much as I care about them. But really it's just, I was just putting my worth in this place that, um, like I just wasn't living like God loved me. I was like living like the world hated me and I wasn't even thinking about God. So I just like was really upset. And so I, when I read this book, um, and I read that, I was like, what have you been doing? Like, I just was, it was kind of just like a, a wake up call for me that, um, that like you have to live every day, like you're loved because you are like, and so that's something that's been really resonating with me and like helping me so much. I feel like my like self-esteem had like a complete 180 from that moment. And so I've been really enjoying reading that book and like learning more about that. So that's my. I just want to say that I think Hallie hit upon something that is so important for young women to hear. Um, I work in a realm of women who are uber confident, right? Like I work with women who walk into legislators office every day and tell them what we want them to do. Um, so for me, it makes me sad to see young women that don't act like that, that don't stand up for what they want and don't live like they're loved and don't live like they know who they are. Um, and I, you know, as I've been going through the women of the Bible for the gospel blog and everything, I've found that every single woman that I've read about knew who she was and was living loved and didn't care about anything else. And it, I think that is something that is the common thread through every single woman that I've profiled so far and that every single woman is confident in her relationship with God and Jesus Christ. And I respect that. You know, I don't think that that's something that we talk about enough for young women to really, you know, be bold and live like you're loved, be confident. I mean, who cares if, you know, your dress is two years old, it doesn't matter, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I think I've like, I don't know, I've been focusing on my hair this time, like, oh my gosh, my hair looks terrible. Um, but, you know, like, it doesn't matter, right? Because guess what? God loves me anyways. So. <laughs> yeah, it's so, such a cool, such a cool conversation and side note, like, side note, I didn't even think of your hair once and it just goes to show like what you could be really focused on. Someone else didn't even notice like, and, and I'm, and I'm obviously not a woman and I can't empathize. So I have to be honest with that, but having a two year old daughter growing up with three sisters, you know, I said it in my sermon on Sunday. I don't know if you guys remember it, but like God uses women of courage, like in courage takes many different forms, but we need to be raise mentor, support, love, women of courage so this conversation while i'm not uh in your shoes i, I appreciate it so much Just i was so i was told one time by a woman that i very much respect my first real professional mentor um she said when i was getting into the political arena she told me she said look not everyone's gonna like you she said everyone has a table that they sit at she said but guess what if you can't get to that table make your own table make them want to come to you and um, I absolutely love that. I like live my life by it because I just love it so much. But I think there's, there's a lesson in there saying, you know, <laughs> make your table the table where people feel comfortable to come, where people can see, you know, God through you. Um, and I think that's a really powerful message for especially young women to hear because I think a lot of times we, you know, and Hallie, I'm, I feel like we, you can relate to this. 
you know, you walk into the cafeteria camp out or whatever at church and you look around and you're like, where do I sit? You know, instead of just walking right to where you know you should be. And I, I do the same thing. You know, you second guess yourself. And I just, I'm very passionate about making sure that young women, especially in the church, know that, hey, guess what? God loves you a lot. He, he loves you so much that you're here. Act like it. So. <laughs> speak it, speak it, preach it. <laughs> um, and I'll take Hallie off the, uh, out of the, the pressure there. I mean, I, I feel that. I'm, I'm a 34-year-old male presiding elder of my branch, and, mm-hmm. and we have a lunch afterwards, and I walk in, and I look around, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> Can I sit with you guys? It's yep. like <laughs> All right, yeah. so we've waited long enough. I didn't realize both of you were such readers, so I'm very excited to hear this. Uh, what are you reading right now? Maybe what are you listening to right now? If it's audiobooks, but uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your your recent reads, your reading list, maybe even some of your favorite all time. So hard to narrow it down. Okay, <laughs> so I I just want to preface: I have a personal library of over 400 books that I'm very proud of. Um, <laughs> quite the intellect, quite the academic here. Well, I mean, some of it is academic and some of it is like, you know, historical romance, mystery novels. Um, <laughs> we appreciate the but, you know, but in all seriousness, part of my quarantine has been to dive into a mystery series that's 15 books long. So I'm on book nine and it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I do. I love reading. Um, I'm just trying to think about that. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Um, but no, if you're looking for like a really, really good Christian read, I would encourage you to go read um, Kisses from Katie by Katie Davis. Say the title again. Kisses from Katie. It is the story of this young woman who moves to Uganda and adopts like 14 girls. She's like 21 years old. Um, but her writing and her story is great, but it's more, her writing is really what captivates you. It's very honest and very frank and very emotional. And I think it's, it's a good book to read in quarantine for sure. <laughs> Very cool. I'll just start by saying, Sister Lane, you impressed me so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think she impresses us all so much. I'm like, it would take me a year to read nine books. Oh, very impressive. Everything about you, I'm just like in awe. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the book I the book I've been reading that I mentioned is called Uninvited by Lisa Turkust. Ter- I can't say her I've last name. I've seen that. Is that good? Okay, so I got it. I bought it a year ago, and I started reading it, and I was like, this is terrible. I hate this, and I didn't even get past, like, the third chapter, and I think it was just because I couldn't relate to it, and then um, this year, like, I kind of had a falling out with someone who was, like, a really close, like, a really close friend, and I just, like, realized that my whole, I had put my whole worth into what this friend thought of me, and so, like, when they decided that they didn't want to be my friend anymore I just like automatically assumed that I was a terrible person and like just like felt the need to like overcome Sam like no I have to be a good person like I have to show everybody that I'm a good person like or like I have to prove to God that I'm like top tier like I'm a good person and so like this book kind of just like is like very like peace-giving in the sense of like you don't have to prove that you're a good person like you don't have to fight for God's love like he loves you regardless of anything like in what's the word like he loves you and it has nothing to do with you like it he just loves you and it's it's just like given to you and you don't have to fight for that or you don't have to prove it because you'll never live up 
to you'll never be able to out love God. Like you can't you can't beat him. So that's a good phrase. I I like like, <laughs> yeah. So this book like it just like really helped me and I'm only like a little bit through and all those sticky notes are over there are like little excerpts from it. I'm like, this is so true. Like there's sticky notes all over my mirror in my bathroom, just like all these like hard truths that the book like it just like speaks to you and you're just like wow like I've just been like not being honest with myself and like it just is like a really good book if you feel like um like you don't fit in or you feel like um, you're less than or or anything like that like I highly recommend for anybody and I think like it's definitely one of those books though where you you gotta be going through it to like mm. feel it there's definitely some truth in what, what you're saying Holly. Uh, just you can read a book at one point and like, oh yeah, it was a good book. And you can read it again like a year later and you're like, wow, this like really speaks to me. Like this is right what I, what is where I'm at, you know? So very cool, mm -hmm. very cool. Well, um, any other resources that you would share? Songs, books, podcasts, websites that you would share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, if you're in quarantine like me and you have nothing, you can't go outside or go to the mall or anything, um, check out shereadstruth.com. They have an app and they have a podcast and they have a He Reads Truth version. Never listened to it. Not a man. Um, but the female version is really cool. It's also very visually pleasing. It's created by a bunch of artists who go through the Bible and create like study guides for it. Um, and they're really cool to do alone and just kind of dive deeper into the word. Um, but I definitely encourage, you know, one thing that has really you know, I, I grew up around scripture, right? And it's not the easiest thing to read all the time. But as I've been going through the women of the Bible, I've started reading scripture from the perspective of a person, um, from my person, from reading it, how does it affect me instead of here are words on a page. Um, and it has been really helpful. And I encourage anyone reading it to, you know, you're sitting down and reading even a psalm or whatever, you know, take it at its impact to you. Um, read it like it as it matters to you not i'm gonna read this because i should and i think there's value in learning how to read scripture so that you find your value in it and you find yourself in it um you know a lot of times i think we can't we're like i can't relate to peter or simon and i never walked on water well okay <laughs> but like you know i lived alone in brazil like that's walking on water right as a young single female <laughs> Um, but I think there's value in that. So that's my two cents. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Other, other resources, Hallie, other websites, songs, anything? I'm not like a podcast person, but I do really like songs and um, and taking advantage of the quarantine and trying to come up with like playlists of Christian songs. Cause I feel like sometimes there's just like, you feel like there's only one type of like Christian music and you're like, sometimes you're just not feeling that. So yeah. that's been really <laughs> Yeah, it's been so fun, like, finding people that I'm like, wow, this is so good. Like, this doesn't even sound like it's a Christian song other than, like, the lyrics and everything. Hey, but. two two bands that you have to listen to, Planet Shakers, they're really cool. They're very, they're, like, a good workout, I mm -hmm. guess. You know, they're, they're, like, good for going on a run. Um, and I'm trying to find them. But then Caleb and Kelsey do these, like, really pretty versions of hymn mashups that are acoustic. And um, Planet Boom is the other band. They're like very upbeat and it's really fun. So Both, both Christian or just? <laughs> both Christian. Both Christian. I'll have to look into them. Yeah. yeah. But the, the artist that I've been loving is Chris Renzema. I don't know how to say his last name, but literally like every single song goes to him, like 
which is so good. Like, it's just, it's, he's just been one artist I've really enjoyed, like, literally every single song. Like, he has one song called, like, I Don't Want to Go, and it's just, like, about how, like, you don't want to do anything unless God's, like, leading you in that direction, and I'm, like, wow, like, there's so many, like, I feel like sometimes you can get into songs that are, like, really poppy, and they're really catchy and good, and, like, his songs are really catchy, too, but, like, there's, like, so much, like, truth in them, and I just, like, really appreciate, like, truth in in the different aspects, because it's so easy to, like, sing about so many, like, it's easy to sing about the same thing, and I feel like he just covers so many different, like, aspects, and so I really appreciate that. Very cool, very cool. Well, thanks for sharing. I, part of the ongoing process of the podcast is we'll always get new things to share with our listeners. I'll, the book I've been reading right now and, and going through is called uh, Holy Roar. So if you're Christian, Chris Tomlin got together with his pastor at his church, and it's it's about the the seven translations of um, praise in the Old Testament. So, you know, like in the New Testament, they reference like the four translations of love, agape, and et cetera, et cetera. So there's actually seven translations of praise and he talks about each one, how it's different. <clears throat> some are like with your hands, some are with your body, some are with your mind, some are with music. Um, and for you, Elena, I mean, it's so small. You would probably read it in like an hour and be able to recite all the details of it. But for me, I'm, I'm working through it as sort of a, a study thing. And, uh, and it's just been very interesting. And one other resource, I found it a long time ago, but I've just been sort of clicking through it with some of the extra time. It's called the Bible project on youtube and they do uh summaries of like different chapters and books and they also do different characters and it's it's a really nice balance of academic informational and also like oh well i never really enjoyed reading leviticus but now that i understand the five sections and and the point of the first two versus the middle and then the ending two wow I, i'm not going to go read the book cover to cover but like I get a context, I get a historical approach, I get an informational approach. So the Bible Project uh, YouTube channel has been something I've been clicking through, just sort of nerding out on the, the info a little bit. So um, any other final thoughts, questions, any questions I should have asked you guys, but I didn't ask you? Favorite Bible verse, Job 19.25. I'm not going to recite it. Go, go read it. It's the best Praise verse. The most powerful verse. Job 19.25. 25. <laughs> all right there's some homework for our listeners i think mine's romans 12 I a whole chapter con- yes i just want to confirm it's pretty, <laughs> pretty she hits hard just uh just take the whole chapter make them go read it hallie yeah romans 12 is really good <laughs> top, top top number one top yeah romans 12 yep, everyone go read job 1925 it's like the most unexpected verse it's the un- most unexpected powerful verse in the most unexpected place. And it is so relatable because every one of us is a Job at some point in our lives. Oh yeah. Very cool. Girls, I, I mean, ladies, women, whatever I is the proper address, I will say it was a sincere pleasure and honor sharing this conversation with you. I've enjoyed it I, so many times. I'm like, I need to go back. I, I'm blessed that I get to go back and listen again and again and edit and make great. Make my life. hair look better. <laughs> I'll just put a the Snapchat filters around yes. it. Yes, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, but thank you, sincere thanks. Uh, really appreciate you taking your time and, and just loved every part of it. So 
have a, a good, safe day and week. And Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. And Hallie, it was great to see you again. Great to see you too. Yeah, thank you so much. This definitely made my day. All right, great. Glad to hear it. All right, have a good day. Thank you, you too. too. All right, <laughs> Thanks, Dave.